Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. With Tesco, where you won't pay more for the products that matter most to you. Tesco, every little helps. It's that time of week when we have our Friday morning coffee break and on the panel with us this morning we're joined by Fran O'Donnell. Good morning to you Fran, you're Good very morning. welcome. And we also have John Delaney of GGL Security. Good morning to you. Good morning, Julian. And Jennifer Moran-Stritch, you're all also very welcome. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, lots to talk about on this morning's programme and we're going to start with something that the listeners have been very engaged about this morning and that's the Christmas lights. So... Fran, the Christmas lights were switched on last Sunday. We had 7,000 people show up in the city to for all the festivities of it. Lots of people thrilled with it. But this morning, a lot of people giving out that a lot of the lights aren't working. Yeah, I noticed that myself last night. But uh, there's something I will say. I suppose over the last 12 years, there's been a programme in play, uh, which kicked in about 12 years ago, where there was a reinvestment in the lights in the city. And there has been an ongoing improvement every single year. And I noticed that uh, they've spent more on O'Connell Street. So the ones that were older there were moved up to some of the side streets that had no lights. And that has been growing for the last approximately 12 years. So the lights has been a a pretty positive story, I would say. Um, Yes, there were a good few lights that weren't working um, last night as I drove to town. But... That's very, very easy to fix, and I'm sure they're they're remedying it as we speak at the moment. Hopefully, yeah. Do you think they're impressive? Yes, I think they're quite good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can all. The, the funny thing is, that lights are very, very expensive. Once you go to that that size magnitude of lighting, yeah. um, there's nothing cheap because it all has to be waterproof. It's outdoor. It has to be wind resistant. Um, all the 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 codes applied to it at that stage. So you can't. You have to invest heavily. And you won't get a huge wow factor unless you're going, you know, 150, 200,000, you know, so that you'll see a huge difference. Yeah. What, what about yourself, John? I, I'm being corrected here. It wasn't 7,000. It was apparently it was 17,000. I didn't count them correctly. 17,000 showed up to see the lights being switched on. That's a huge number of people, isn't it, yeah. to come into the city centre, John? I suppose it's, uh, you know, it's just indicative of people love the whole festive atmosphere, you know, and all that goes with it. But driving up O'Connell Street there now, it's, I must say, in daylight, uh, the array looks very impressive. But, you know, if there, if there are lights, uh, some lights not working, you know, it's still early days, you know, give them a chance. It's only 24th of November. I've and we've, whole, had, we've had bad weather as well, haven't we? We have, yeah. And like, you know, like how many of us have our Christmas tree up at home yet? I hope nobody, you know, so <laughs> everything is relative really, you know. There, there are a few. I've passed a few. Have you seen any uh, trees up yet, Jennifer? Uh, I, I haven't seen any myself, but I am very aware that there are some people who are, at least in my opinion, jumping the gun just <laughs> slightly. Uh, but, but yeah, some people love it. Um, I thought that the turnout for the uh, light ceremony was fantastic. It says great things about Limerick. But it's very easy to spot the difference between a light that's on and a light that's off. So it is slightly disappointing to see that there are some that aren't working. I know in my family, we always remark when the lights are on, it wouldn't be wonderful if they could be on all year uh, because they really do add kind of a little spice and, and a different atmosphere to the city. There's a sense of like warmth and celebration around them. So they are fantastic, but I agree with, with the gents here. Like maybe we could just get it right and keep them, keep them right and keep them lit. Well, I know one thing that Limerick City and County Council are always trying to push is the fact that they are LED Christmas lights. So they are, you know, more environmentally friendly. Um, But I'm wondering, with the way the world is going, will will it ever come to a point where we'll be told, no, we shouldn't be turning on lights at all because it's it's a waste of energy? Mm. What would you think if somebody made that argument? 
I'd, I'd have to secretly still have put up my Christmas tree and put on those lights some, somehow. Because, necessary uh, evil, I think, is yeah, it? Like, it's you know, part of the festivities. Yeah, yeah. It sets the whole atmosphere, you know. Mm. You Absolutely. know, Christmas is coming and you switch on the lights, it's yeah. almost like kind of started, bang, yeah. you know. And it is, it does create a, a certain good feeling around the place and a goodwill. Yeah. And, and the other thing about them, about lights in particular is that, as well, is that they do provide a security element. Now, maybe not so much the Christmas lights, but they, they light up the, the streets a little bit more so people yeah. feel safer on the streets when they're well lit up. Um, so the, there's that side of it as well. And we want to bring more people into the city centre and it's very dark this time of year. It gets mm. dark very, very you early. See, Limerick City, uh, people have complained about being the donors affecting the whole lot. So anything that can draw people into the city centre is good, no matter what it is. If you can draw in, in a good family atmosphere... And I think switching on the lights and having the lights on there throughout the, the the season attracts people into the city to see them. They come in, they spend, they eat, they drink, they shop. It's all good for the city. What about the suggestion, John, that the bridges should be lit up and that King John's Castle should be lit up at Christmas time? Well, of course, I suppose, but like everything is budget related at the end of the day. But yeah, like it, we're all singing, singing off the same page here. The light is great, uh, you know, the... the the festivities are, are uh, illuminated, and you know everybody just loves the spirit, and everybody gets into the into the, the festival mood. You know, with with colours and you know public buildings lit up and bridges and castles. You know that type of stuff. So yeah, it would be great if that could be done. Jennifer, do you think in general that we we do kind of Christmas decorations and lights in a good way in this country? I know you're you're from a country that takes it very seriously. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was going to say you do know where I'm from, don't you? Right, <laughs> where uh, we kind of started Halloween and just plow all the way through. Um, yeah, I think it's funny. I've lived here, I think, 17 years, and I've seen a real dramatic increase in people who who will have the outdoor lights. And who will really go to town on on decorating their houses? So I think there is that that influence there. Um, I, I like I just I have to agree with everything that's said. Like we're smack dab in the middle of Galway, that's known for their Christmas markets. You just head head south a little bit, and you have Cork that has their fabulous Christmas markets that are that are indoor and outdoor. So like for the city, we need to be doing things that like Fran said, bring people into the city centre, families, young people, um, adults who are going to come in and who are going to spend a little money and every little helps. Fran wants to come in there. I just yeah, know I, he does because, I, Fran, Fran, you do something every Christmas to bring people in, don't you? We do, yeah. Um, we do Limerick on Ice, which yeah. uh, attracts 30-odd, nearly 40,000 people into the city. We probably wouldn't be there unless it was on. So it is a good thing for the city. Mm. We have taken our turn for the last couple of years as well. We've turned all our lights into LEDs inside We've uh, moved to more energy efficient uh, generation of the ice as well. So everybody, I think, is trying to do their own a little way, little piece for to, for our environment. But the one thing I will say that Jennifer, that from my experience in going to the states, you see all the houses that are heavily decorated and they're they're fantastic. But you can buy like icicle lights in the states years ago before we even had them here, at a fraction, a fraction of the cost. Mm. And we're just catching up now. And I suppose with the introduction of LED icicles, whatever, more and more people are now starting to do that with their house as well. Jennifer mentioned the Christmas markets mm. in Galway, and I wasn't aware they had them in Cork as well. Mm. Um, 
and I know you were quoted here on this programme as kind of saying that you'd offer up part of RTP and yeah we'd gladly partner up with them and we are we could share our security services we could share some but we we generate electricity anyway uh, all of which we don't need which would help uh, on, on the cost basis would there be room to ha- hold Absolutely. Christmas markets in the in the park alongside the, the ice rink? There would, and that's yeah. something I've been trying to drive for the last four or five years. It just hasn't found any traction, but definitely <coughs> we've been in talks with loads of people, and I think it would be a, an added attraction uh, if you're coming to the ice rink. You're going to go to the market, vice versa, yeah. and then you're going to walk around town as well. Yeah. It, we're not trying to corner everything in that area, but uh, if that is the hub with the ice ring there. It's a natural, let's bolt onto it and let's create something bigger and better. Okay, we'll take a break. Back after these. Our Friday morning coffee break panel, our Franco, Frank, Fran O'Donnell of Limerick on Ice. We also have John Delaney and Jennifer Moran Stritch with us in the studio this morning. Um, big story happening across the other side of the Atlantic Ocean, Jennifer, that you've probably been keeping your eyes on and that's the impeachment inquiry of Donald Trump. It has begun and this is after a whistleblower alleged that Donald Trump abused the power of the presidency by secretly pressuring the president of Ukraine to undertake actions which would help Trump's 2020 re-election campaign. Have you watched any of the hearings of the impeachment? You know, uh, to use the old metaphor, it's like a car crash. You can't help but but watch it. Uh, and I, I'm I'm I'd be a follower of of American politics, even though I'm living over here. And so it's it's unavoidable, and disappointing, and frustrating. And I probably won't be letting a cat out of the bag to say that you know I'd love this to be the fall of the House of Trump, but I'm doubtful that it will be. Some amazing things are coming out of it, mm-hmm. and it doesn't. It doesn't really look good for him, does it? It doesn't, but, you know, kind of like we were saying during the break, I I mean, when will his supporters stop supporting him? Uh, And who is there to really successfully and powerfully run against him? And, you know, you, you described it as a secret. I actually don't believe that Donald Trump would even realize that his pressuring in a phone call the president of a country in in uh, in the world to investigate his opponent's son I, I'm not even sure that he would consider that wrong and know enough to be able to keep it a secret and John that's the thing I think a lot of his supporters think he was being patriotic almost in asking for it to happen well he's making it look as as if it was a patriotic intention but you know if you look at Trump since the day he went into power he's probably sacked every person that he employed uh, three or four years ago um, but like why? how is he surviving you know I think one of the reasons he is surviving is that uh, there's very little opposition to him both in his own party and it looks as if the Democrats haven't anybody formidable to put up against him either so you know he can come out with outrageous things like, like how in the name of God can he get away with saying he was building a wall between Colorado and Mexico when Colorado was nowhere near Mexico you know and he just laughed it off um, he's just an unbelievable uh, enigma in, in my belief Fran, do you think this will be the end of him, that they, he won't get a second term or will it reinforce his support even stronger? I think it will probably reinforce his support within his his own supporting network that he has there and as the lads we were all chatting there at, uh, during the break there really doesn't seem to be uh, opposition that's strong enough to take him down either so I believe they're trying to do this via the impeachment whether they can actually complete it, I doubt it. I doubt it very, very much. And uh, as Jennifer said, I don't think he saw 
that he was doing anything wrong or he realised or didn't care. And he seems to be, we had the, the expression here in Ireland some years ago, the Teflon Taoiseach, his Teflon Trump, definitely. Nothing seems to stick. No matter, he can go out and make the most outrageous statement with no backing whatsoever and nobody just cares. And he moves on to the next point. That's very, very scary for a, a person that is in such a strong position of strong power. And we have almost like twin brothers at either side between the UK and the US. Very little difference. Tell me, Frank, we were talking as well about the other big news story that was, I suppose, went everywhere this week, and that was Prince Andrew's interview. Did you watch any of the interview? I did see some of it, yeah. And I've been kind of keeping an eye on the story on and off. Why? It had kind of faded away. What made him want to dig this up and then to dig it up in the manner he did and to say the things he did without any care for the people who uh, the crimes were committed against, the women? He did. He just like, uh, you know, next. You know, that's awful. He, he didn't say sorry. He'd, I mean, he was going around with a paedophile knowing that he was a paedophile. He stayed in his house knowing and he went to visit him to tell him he was no longer going to be his friend and stayed some days. Mm. What? Yeah, it's it's baffling. I mean, surely he had uh, a bevy of staff that he could have sent with that message, Jennifer. And also, he he could have sent a text. He could have sent a letter. He could have sent. But the felt the fact that he had to fly there, be so honourable. Mm-hmm. Is wasn't that I suppose his defence is yeah. that he was too yeah. honourable to do anything other than show up and spend four days with a, a convicted uh, sex offender to tell him that he was no longer going to be his friend. I mean, how could a normal person not even see how not credible that was? It's a very strange sense of honour, isn't it? Mm. So you need to honour this person, but you couldn't honour the the folks that you were interacting with. And, you know, allegedly... Uh, probably contributing to a sexual assault of 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 minors um over the years if we if if what we read um is accurate from from the women's testimony yeah i i but then you use the word normal and and i'm not sure that growing up in a royal family or certainly the royal family in the uk can constitute a normal upbringing so that you're in touch with what is normal because I would imagine you're so cosseted and removed from things. I mean, I think it's significant that his press officer resigned early the next morning after this interview was was aired. So, like, who is giving you advice? Who is doing some reality checking with you? Who is telling you what is right and wrong? I would wonder about that. John, do you think this could be the end of the royals? Like, the beginning of the end? We've we've probably been saying that for 20 years, but, you know, like it's just one kind of scandal after another, you know. But like the English public have a fascination with the royal family. And if there wasn't such serious undertones to this, it would be soap opera material or uh, soapbox material. So, you know, uh, the Queen is 93. She seems to be still calling the shots. She obviously has her advisors. Andrew has got the slap on the wrist and he's got to stand down, I think, from his uh, immediate uh, public engagement. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a strange one. But, you know, funny enough, for some reason, the Irish have a huge um, affiliation with, with the royal family as well. And they love to read about it and love to follow them. But, you know, I think you put your finger on it, Jennifer. He was brought up through, uh, an, I won't say an abnormal uh, upbringing, but to certainly not normal, you know. So, you know, he's, he's isolated from, from some real facts of life. Yeah, I, I do think the younger generation of royals, certainly 
you know, we know that Princess Diana tried to ha- bring she William and Harry, the whole Harry thing, yeah, you know, up in a more normal atmosphere. They mixed yeah. more with... But if you look at the past year, people. what the, the royals have been through, Prince Philip with the crash and heading back his driver's licence. Mm. You had the prorogation of, of Parliament. You have the two brothers, Harry and William, now going different paths. Now you have Andrew. It's just been one thing after another. I tell you what, I've never, ever watched the Queen's speech at Christmas Day. Am I might just, <laughs> I might just tune in this year. Yeah. 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 yeah, who knows what she'll say. <laughs> OK, we're chatting to John Delaney, Jennifer Moore and Stritch and J- Fran O'Donnell. Uh, we'll take a quick break. Back after these. Call Limerick today yeah, now we are. on 46-1995. Christmas. Ah, what a magical time of year. Dreams of snow, those festive lights, all the extra indulging, everybody in top form, and a trip to Krakow. Oh yeah, Live 95 want to send you and three friends for three nights to experience the Christmas markets and the magic of Krakow. Listen in throughout the day for your chance to win Live 95's Christmas Crack and Crack Up With the unicorn Dura Doyle Voted best in quality of food and customer service 2019 Now taking bookings for your Christmas parties Check out theunicorn.ie Your winning station Live 95 This Christmas in Home Store and more All Christmas tree lights, all Casual Living giftware And all Christmas table linen is half price But better hurry Because when all the half price Casual Living giftware is gone It's gone and when all the half-price Christmas table linen is gone, it's definitely gone. And as for all our half-price Christmas tree lights, when our half-price Christmas tree lights are gone, they'll be gone in a twinkling. All offers available online at homestoreandmore.ie, as well as in-store at homestoreandmore. City East Limerick, Manor West Tralee, Mountain Point Cork, Turner's Cross Cork. Christmas made more when you shop in Home Store and more. With the all-new Ford Fiesta, less is most definitely more. Less fuel consumption and CO2 emissions, thanks to its award-winning EcoBoost engine. With more power that far exceeds its engine size. Pay less and save more with the bonus of €1,100, a motor tax contribution of €250, plus a low APR of just 3.9%. And get more year after year with the seven-year warranty and seven-year roadside assist. With so much more to offer, isn't there less to think? Think about the Ford Fiesta at your local Ford 2020 201 sales event. Ford, go further. Terms and conditions apply. See Ford.ie. Applicable to registrations between January 1st and January 31st. It's that time of year when cobbled streets come aglow as the man in the red coat waits in his doombeg grotto. Street stalls display food and craftware while cinnamon aromas fill the air. Carolers sing songs of yuletide and folks enjoy festive train rides. Then rosy-cheeked children look up high at sparkling lights filling the night sky. Trump Doonbeck New Look Christmas Market, County Clare. Friday, November 29th to Sunday, December 1st. Fireworks on Friday evening. Now on at Sound Store. Early Black Friday deals. Reductions in all locations and online. Only at Sound Store. TVs, laptops, tablets, cookers, fridges, and washing machines. So get to Sound Store for an early Black Friday deal or see soundstore.ie. Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. With Tesco, where you won't pay more for the products that matter most to you. Tesco, every little helps.
OK, we're going to move on from chatting about the royal family now and uh, big news as well overnight, John, about the container that was found uh, about to arrive in Ross Lair with 16 people in it. And it's not the first time these types of containers have made the news in recent times. As somebody who's worked in the area of, you know, in for- law enforcement, what are your own thoughts on this latest story? This is something that uh, I, I would empathise with quite quite strongly because uh, in, in GGL security, a lot of our work is with uh, uh, international logistics um, movements and the security of those movements. And I was actually at a security conference in Dublin two or three weeks ago when the word broke through of the... Um, the, the fatalities in the UK and like practically every haulier in, in, in Europe was in this room and when it was announced it was you would hear pin drop it was just extraordinary so like they're obviously what it has exposed is that there obviously is an active uh, human trafficking market um, Ireland is, is, is very much involved in this whether it's Irish hauliers or whether it's Irish uh, people wanting to come to Ireland, you know, it, it has brought it onto our doorstep and it's it's horrific. Thankfully, there was no fatalities last night, but it just goes to show you what's, what is going on. Have you been shocked by it, Jennifer? Because I certainly have been, I suppose, whether it's shocked about the fact that it was happening, it's the level of Irish involvement in this has really taken me aback. Yeah, that's a hard one to face. Uh, but uh, uh, like we need to face it now. We need to face it and connected issues like what is happening within direct provision. How do we welcome people from other countries? You know, h- what's our refugee and asylum asylum system like? How how fair is it? How um, how effective is it? Um, uh, and like if. A staff member from the uh, ferry services hadn't heard the banging. What would have happened? You know, what would the outcome have been? Would would those fourteen or sixteen men uh, have been alive, or would we have our own tragedy making headlines on our hands? Well, I suppose the thing that would cross my mind, Fran, is that you know, obviously, this is happening successfully in many cases or they wouldn't continue to do it. Now, what happened in, was it Essex with the 39? That was very, very tragic. Not the first time it's happened. Mm-hmm. I remember there was more than 50 um, died going back almost 20 years ago in a similar situation um, in the UK. But, uh, you know, these 16 that, that were found alive, well and perfectly healthy, it's obviously happening on a regular basis and quite yeah. successfully and people aren't suffering as a result See, of it. You must be right. I mean, it's, it must be the case... But I suppose you making that comment there that going back maybe 20 years ago, it had to be going on the whole time. So what kind of numbers have been moving internationally, not just in Ireland, but in England and whatever? And these poor people, what kind of price are they paying mm-hmm. uh, financially to get into a container, to be shipped halfway across the world in, and with the possibility of arriving live, alive? We don't know how many other people have arrived dead and maybe have been disposed of. That's an awful thing to say, but we don't know. We don't have any idea of the statistics involved mm. and the amount of people. I was shocked, but seemingly it seems to be the norm. I'm sure John knows a lot more about this than I do, but it must have been going on for some time and continuing. 
Yeah, we'll we fiz- finish, I think, on a, a positive note, uh, John. The mural that was unveiled this week, we heard the Cranberries were nominated for a Grammy, which was great oh, news for the, the Limerick Band. Um, the mural that has been unveiled down there in the medieval quarter, pictures have been shared on social media of Dolores O'Riordan. What are your own thoughts on well, it? Dolores is an incredibly uh, photogenic person. And if you're ever going through Shannon Airport, uh, there's a huge black and white photograph of Dolores, I think with Davy Fitzgerald when, the, when Claire won the All-Ireland and she has the Lee McCarthy and she's just, as I said, she's just a very beautiful person and incredibly uh, photogenic and, you know, as someone who grew up with Cranberry's music, you know, it's 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 wonderful to see it, um, uh, see the mural happening and hopefully someday we might have a, a Cranberry's reunion in Limerick, uh, albeit um, without Dolores, you know. Yeah, uh, Jennifer, have you seen it yourself? I have. Uh, and I, you know, I, I may be alone in this, but I was a big fan of the Cyclops and I the ice cream too. cone. In uh, fairness, I well. was too. Although I understand, you know, the, the issues from, from local people and feeling like the need to be consulted and, and that wouldn't necessarily be everybody's, you know, idea of something attractive to look at. So I was delighted to see Dolores up there. You know, she's one of Limerick's own and to see her commemorated like that. And I think... You know, we talked about the Christmas lights to start things off and the Christmas lights are bright and cheerful and wonderful and really draw people into Limerick. And I think something like the Dolores mural is a beautiful tribute to her, but they that also all year round can draw people into Limerick as well. And the artist did a good job, Fran, because my yeah. one fear when I heard it was going to be Dolores, I, there was a little bit, bit of me that went, oh no, please don't mess this up. Please yeah. don't mess this up. Because we've had the controversies over the Terry Wogan, Wogan statue, yes. of the Richard Harris yeah. statue. And if they hadn't got it right, it would have been a disaster. Yeah, it would, I but agree with you. But in fairness, I think the artist has done a really good job. I don't think it's just art. I think it's entertainment. I think it's a little bit about a new landmark in Limerick. I think it's something that people will come to look and see and enjoy. Um, so it can't be, I don't think, treated in isolation. I think this is something special. And it does mark uh, a person's career, life. It's a mark of respect for them as well. And I don't know if we really realise in Limerick how big the Cranberries were on the world stage. We take it for granted from Limerick, yeah. They were absolutely huge. And they produced a very, very unusual and unique brand of music. John, before I let you all go, uh, GGL Security is sponsoring a very big event, the Crescent Shopping Centre this Sunday. It's Cops and Donuts. Tell us what's happening. Well, Cops and Donuts, as you know, I was a cop myself one time and I suppose we we like our donuts. (laughs) So I'd be the first to admit that. But yeah, um, look, uh, GGL are delighted to be associated with this fundraiser. And, you know, so go out there, buy a donut and you'll be supporting the Special Olympics. Yeah, that's on Sunday. I think it's 12 to 6, something like that. You can get your donuts at a at a very reasonable price from Roxborough Road Community uh, Police and Gardaí who'll be in the Crescent Shopping Centre this Sunday. That's all we have time for on the programme this morning. Our thanks to Jennifer Moran-Stritch um, of LIT, John Delaney of GTL Securities, Fran O'Donnell of Limerick on Ice. When will we see the ice rink up and running? We started building this morning. We're open on Thursday. Call Limerick today now on 461995.